I'm a true degree. You might know me from things like Ramon's Museum, Thunder Bay Correctional Center, and Peanut. Welcome to the Intruder Green Podcast. Oh yeah, it is the uh, 20th century, 20, huh, I know how to talk good, alright, uh, the 27th of October in 2021, and I uh, hope you're feeling spooky, because this is basically counts as the Halloween episode, you know, it's just another episode really, but uh, you know, I hope that uh, everybody is going to enjoy Halloween as much as I always do because it's it's really my favorite holiday. Not just because of the whole like mask thing and everything. I mean, that is kind of works out, but it's kind of like just a coincidence, really. I think it's just a cool holiday uh, because, you know, it's like Christmas is good because you get presents and stuff. But really, Christmas is like a working day for me because, you know, you got to go around all these houses and stuff and like Santa puts the present in and I take the presents out. And, you know, it's like a give or take kind of deal. Uh, but as Halloween goes, it's like you go up to a house and they just give you stuff. That's cool. I mean, it's candy. It candy is delicious. So uh, why not put on a costume and uh, pretend you're a little kid and go get some candy? All right. I mean... You could also just like wave a knife at them and be like, hey, give me some candy. And they'll probably give you candy then too, allegedly. All right. Uh, yeah. So on uh, this episode, <laughs> on this episode, I got to give a shout out to the producers of the podcast. We got Luke Ellis, Wrench Sons, Heather Royston, Gem City, Sabrina, Sarah Koenig, Audacity Crash Clothing, Chelsea McNally, Cardboard Box Colony, and Carlos Hernandez. Thanks again, uh, guys, as always, uh, for doing, uh, being a part of the group that makes this happen. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, we're, we're rolling on, I don't know about all cylinders, but like a lot of them right now <laughs> because we're getting like another uh, episode out this month. Um, feeling good about it um i do have a couple of dj gigs coming up and uh you can go on uh, my social medias and find out about that because i don't have the dates in front of me right now but i do know that uh they're happening in november and december and uh honestly they're in europe so if you're not in europe i mean you could probably book a plane ticket real cheap and come on over you know, if you want to see old Green DJ, um, one is the Booze Cruise in Hamburg, and for the life of me, I just can't remember the date of that, uh, but then uh, I'm also going to be uh, doing a thing with my buddy Joe McMahon at Frankenbar, um, and I still got to get the flyers and stuff for that up, uh, but you you know, you just pay attention to social medias, you got your Twitter, the Instagram, and the Facebook, I guess I could do a thing on TikTok about it, you know, like I started a TikTok account, and like now I feel like I should do more stuff on that, but I'm also like... Man, fuck a social media. What a fucking waste of time. Anyway, it's a lot of fun, and uh, I'm going <laughs> to do more stuff. And, uh, you know, people on TikTok, uh, you know, let me know uh, what you think about my TikTok stuff. Uh, otherwise, we could just, like, chat. And uh, I don't know. There's this new app that's, like, all audio-based. Now, that's kind of interesting. I don't know how it will work real good, but I might check it out. Anyway, on this uh, episode of the podcast... We got uh, Daryl Fine, who is the owner of the Bovine Sex Club. This is kind of like a two-parter episode, almost, because uh, we got uh, the last episode with KJ from Chicks Dig It, and he was talking about their 30th uh, anniversary as a band, and uh, so this time we got Daryl, and he's talking about the 30th anniversary of Bovine Sex Club, 
uh, which is like this legendary uh, punk rock. Well, it's not a punk rock club. It's a music club, you know, like they, like he says in the interview, they have all sorts of music there. But I think there's, this is a pretty tight uh, punk rock scene in Toronto. Uh, it's, all, it's a big city, you know, they got all kinds of scenes there. Uh, just the music scene in general is pretty great. So uh, I think Bovine Sex Club has been a big part of that. And uh, we've definitely hung out there a bunch and had a good time. Had lots of good times, I should say. And uh, yeah, I also wanted to give a shout out to uh, uh, the new Office of Bradford calendars. Even though it's a stinky cop, um, uh, you know how this works. You buy these uh, calendars from Office of Bradford and all the money goes to Planned Parenthood. And that's real important because like, even though... You know, Trump's not in office no more. And you don't have quite as much pressure on uh, places trying to help uh, women in need of medical assistance out. Uh, you know, it's still it's still obviously going to be a problem, especially where is it? Texas, where they were like basically made abortions completely illegal. And like even even if you thought about having an abortion, they f could fucking sue you with some shit. It's fucked up. Anyway, uh, not to get into some dark shit, but, you know, uh, go buy your Bradford calendar. Um, if you hit up uh, Officer Bradford on the social medias, I'm sure you can find out about how to get a hold of those. Uh, I'm sure he's doing some events that you'll be able to get him at. Uh, unfortunately, no massive Truder shows to look forward to right now. But, uh, you know, we'll let you know as soon as there's something like that coming up. And uh, anyway, without further ado, I'm with the show. Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from... Intruder Green. An inmate at Federal Correctional Institution. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 1. Oh, hell yeah, she is. All right. Um, yeah, Melanie Kay. Uh, first of all, we're, we're here with Daryl. And uh, you're at the bovine right now. I can see you have a beautiful backdrop, actually. Uh, you know, it, the podcast is audio only, but like sometimes I like to put some of these up on like a video, like on YouTube and stuff when the Zoom recording looks real good. I think we might have to do this one that way because like you look great. Uh, and your this backdrop is, uh, is awesome. This is uh, this is from a local artist uh, in Toronto. His name's well, his 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 artist name is Dude Man. So you can always look him up, DudeMan.ca. Oh hell yeah! I think I heard of that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's real good stuff. And uh, you know, it, it's just a little tidbit for anybody who does take take the chance to look at that. Of uh, I don't know the beauty that is uh, the Bovine Sex Club. Uh, you know that place is an exceptionally uh i don't know what to say artistic bar the beautiful is it's like it's it's intense i guess is what I, the best way to put it yeah the whole, the, whole, the whole place is made of uh recycled materials before it became chic to be environmental we were picking up right. we were picking up garbage at the side of the road and making it into art on all the walls the front of the building all over the place in here 
you know, it's a bunch of contributions from local artists over the last 30 years. That's right. And uh, KJ, you, you mentioned, yeah, we, we just did the interview with uh, KJ because uh, we're talking about the 30th anniversary here and everything. And uh, he uh, it's like I should have known this before, but you guys don't really have a sign outside that says like the bovine and nothing. It's just yeah. a bunch of like crazy shit. And everybody is like, oh, yeah, that's obviously the place, which is like, you know, like I was saying, like we've come and hung out there a bunch of times. And every time it's like, oh, yeah, that's the one. You know, you don't need a sign. It's just like, you know, when you see it. Right. Yeah. Basically, it's a it's a piece of 30 uh, year old data like sculpture entwined with Christmas lights. Looks like it's going to fall off the building, but we have a secret. <laughs> we have a secret way of keeping it up there with uh, turnbuckles and aircraft cable. A little trick my dad, the engineer, taught me years ago. Oh, that's great. Um, so does that factor in a lot of like uh, what you're doing here? I mean, you, you say a lot of uh, you get a lot of like local artists and stuff pitching in to make stuff for you. But uh, I, I guess a lot of it has to come from your own ingenuity, right? Like you, you got to like build, you know, you got to like mount this stuff up there and make sure it's safe all the time. Is that true? A little bit, a little bit. I mean, it's also a bit of trust. I mean, when we were younger, you know, great Bob Scott and Dave Greeson did the front of the building and we kind of didn't know what we were going to do inside the club. And once we saw the, the facade of the building and how important it was as a statement on the street, uh, we just said, uh, boys, why don't you come in and just decorate the whole place? And they started chopping cars up in the back alley with uh, blow <laughs> torches nice. and mounting them on the walls. And, uh, you know, eventually... Once the band started rolling in, the rest of the place is covered in stickers and graffiti, you know, typical CBGB's like scrap bar like stuff, you know, the double down in Las Vegas, exit in Chicago, uh, you know, uh, wild at heart in Berlin. We're kind of all mm -hmm. that kinship of dive bar slash small venue genres. And we all know each other, especially now with the Internet. You know, it's it's fun to show up in another town and let them know you're coming and you get treated like a like a, you know, junkie dive bar brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, you know, like, uh, I think, well, we, we obviously, we never played CBGBs, but uh, uh, actually we never played Wild at Heart either, but we've uh, definitely hung out there a bunch. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because like you see some like really cool clubs, uh, they come and go sometimes. Um, Sorry. And uh, sometimes it's a bummer. Sometimes you're like, yeah, good, because I never wanted to play there again. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> most of the time, you know, there's some cool places that just don't make it. Um, so it's pretty cool that you guys have lasted 30 years. Um, now, getting through this whole pandemic situation, I'm sure that that's uh, not been the funnest thing to go through as a shit show. <laughs> yeah, right here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but that's, that's really, uh, I don't know, a testament to, uh, I don't know, just having a good scene, I guess. And I think so. I think, I think it's more of a testament to the scene. And, you know, we're, you know, maybe choice number one for punk metal or desert rock or hard rock, you know, kids oh, yeah. that are, I mean, they were starting out like when the, you know, let's just use an example, almost 30 years ago when Queens of the Stone Age rolled in here, you know, they weren't famous yet and they were excited to be here dropping off their, 
you know, dat tapes for us to play because we used to have a, a dat player here. Oh, there was, nice. There wasn't even CDs back then, you know. So when bands dropped off a tape and they wanted it to sound good here, you know, we'd play it for them. And then, you know, the club befriends them, a place for them to party after our, after the show and the next day and the next day if they decide not to leave town. So, you know, you develop these type <laughs> of relationships. And then as, as, as they, you know, as they grow up in the industry, just like you guys, you get a little more famous. It's always nice when everybody comes back after the show in Toronto. And of course, sometimes we have, you know, larger bands doing smaller shows here because they love the place. So, you know, if you can sell, you know, 15,000 tickets at the big hockey arena, that's great. But if you're some 41 and you want to do something cool, you know, Cohen will call and say, what do you think about if we play an after show at like 1.30 in the morning? And we'll go, yeah, let's do it. You know, it's, it's always a pleasure when, you know, the young bands become famous and then they kind of pay us back by giving us this love by doing the tiny little show for 180 people. Hell yeah. Did, did some 41 really play there? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, they, they you know, they grew, they grew up drinking here. They've been here since they were 19. <laughs> yeah. 19, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that, that gives them more, more cred, I think. <laughs> oh, I Maybe it's, it's, it's mutual. Yeah. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But, I mean, once a band gets so big, you know, you, people can often think like, oh, yeah, they were just like on MTV when they were kids and now they're huge and uh, they, they probably aren't nearly as cool as they look. But then to know that they're still coming and like hanging out with the likes of the bovine crew and all that, it's like, oh yeah, those guys are legit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, it's always nice. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's led to uh, my interesting travel life is all based on the last 30 years of the bovine. I've met so many cool bands and cool crew and, cool film festival people that we're always excited to visit them on their home turf and see a show in their hometown and hang out with them after, you know, you know, Mike's the same way. Fat Mike has always been a huge supporter oh, yeah. of the club. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he, you know, he, he plays pranks on me. The last time he was here, he's visiting <laughs> one of his girlfriends sure does. in the middle of the winter. And, uh, he took a video at eight o'clock in the morning, trying to bust into the bullvine looking for me, but he was, being kind of tongue in cheek, but he posted that and we got a lot of love from that. You know, Mike's always a great support. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I can only, I have to feel like knowing him though, was he a little bit disappointed when he found out it wasn't really a sex club? <laughs> Maybe we yeah. didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it back then, but certainly in his, in his, you know, 15 years ago till now personality, I would say he probably would have said that for sure. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, but speaking of that, like uh, the name Bovine Sex Club, obviously, you know, people who don't know what the fuck is up might be like, hey, I'm going to go here for some sex. And then they get oh. in there and they're like, wait a minute. I don't know if I'm going to have sex in here. It's not quite as obvious as the name makes it out to be. Uh, was that a plan? Like, or did you just yeah. think it was cool or what? Uh, before the Bovine, the, the same three of us were were running a place called 23 hop, which was more of a midnight till 8 AM cover charge kind of uh, alternative, you know, rave scene type stuff in the eighties. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and uh, one of the advertisements we had was, uh, was uh, 23 hop is not the bovine sex club with a picture of an antique cow. And that morphed into a t-shirt 
<laughs> like a, car- a cartoon cow with a, with a thought bubble that said, you know, 23 hop is not the bovine sex club. And for all you people that don't know what bovine means, you got to go back to your science class. Remember that feline is cat, canine is dog and bovine is cow. Jeez. So a lot of people understand that and they always think the name's funny, but the people that don't know that call every day for 30 years, the entire answering machine in the office is full of people asking how to get into the sex club. Do I have to bring a partner? <laughs> it, is it a membership only? I mean, this has gone on for 30 years. Like, there's no messages from anyone important on our mastery machine. It's all about sex. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, that's keeping up the mystique, right? I mean, totally. as long as people still don't quite get it, I think you're doing a good job. Perfect. Yeah. So you, uh, you started this club 30 years ago. We were already doing this other thing. What? prompted you to do that i mean i guess you, you're 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 uh, in the scene you want to be a club owner uh i would say you know I, the two other partners are a bit older than me uh a then and still now famous uh dj chris shepherd and uh sort of a club and you know a, a club magnet uh audio uh and video guy and uh you know we had visited uh the scrap bar in new york which is also kind of like the bovine and the double down, the junkie kind of rock bar. And oh, yeah. we had visited, you know, a few places all over the place and thought that uh, Toronto needed something authentic for dive bar culture. And, you know, you can, you can tell in 1991 as the 80s are ending and the 90s are starting, you know, we're riding the grunge scene and, the you know, the band's coming down. We're like Pearl Jam and, you know, they're all coming after the show. So we got a lot of love from that. Chili Peppers, all that sort of nonsense. Ministry. Yeah, now uh, you mentioned that. I feel like just based on the fact like that, I mean, people think of like Seattle, Washington is like the the hot spot for the grunge scene back in the day. Um, I don't know. I guess you guys are on the other side of the, the continent, but I feel like that would translate really good to like the scene in Toronto. I think so. I think it was a little more crusty, yeah. you know, sort of, sort of crusty, glammy, punky here at the same oh, yeah. time. But, 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 you know, we, we, we're like everybody else. Once that scene started, all the bands started sounding like that. All the kids started dressing like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Everybody, everybody's wearing flannel, flannel coats and growing their hair and, putting in earrings and ponytails. I guess that's why I think of it, because like flannel was the big thing. And uh, I remember like hearing an interview with one of the guys in one of those bands. And they were like, we don't wear flannel because it's trendy. We wear it because it's fucking cold up here. And I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense. And that's why it would probably work in Toronto or anywhere. (laughs) Well, anywhere in Canada, really, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're uh, what's the weather like where you are, young man? Oh, yeah. I'm hanging out here in uh, Germany and uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a little cold. You know, I don't normally wear a sweatshirt uh, on my, uh, uh, you know, when I'm doing anything. This is my Lucy sweatshirt. I don't know if you know about that place. It's in Gainesville. It's not quite, uh, you know, it's a cool, nice little venue. Um, But yeah, you know, it's pretty here. It's 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 a lot like, uh, you know, the Midwest back in uh, America. They got the trees changing colors and it's all nice and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's same, nice. Same, same here, same here. That's what we're going through now. It's 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 fall. It's down to uh, you know, it's down to uh, five degrees Celsius or you know, oh, yeah. or you know, but you know, it's it's getting it's getting cool here. So yeah, I don't even know what that is. Like forty. Yeah, it's probably like in the low fifties, high forties as far as uh, uh, 
I know math real good. All right. I know 10 is 50. That's the easy one. So it's definitely oh, less go. than that at night. So it's about 40 at night. Yeah, you guys get a little little colder than, uh, you know, where I'm used to. But, uh, you know, it's nice. It's my favorite time of year. Halloween's coming. Um, so that's always good. And, uh, yeah, when is the big, speaking of Halloween, is, is that, when is the big uh, celebration for you guys as far as the, this uh, 30th anniversary show? The 30th anniversary show, I think, is the November 4th, 5th, and 6th. And, okay. Uh, it's just after Halloween, and yeah. KJ is going to roll in from the other side of the country. And we got uh, usually we try and find local support that loves the band and loves the club that uh, just want to be, you know, part of the whole celebration. And that's what we're doing. And uh, uh, I think Black Cat Attack is going to play. So uh, Brown Town from uh, Sum 41, that's one of his side projects. So he's going to play a little set before. Oh, cool. uh, before KJ comes on, I can't remember which one of the nights. So it's just really, you know, during the pandemic, we haven't had a chance to open up and have live music until about uh, six, eight, six or eight weeks ago. Oh, so yeah. You guys were completely shut down until then? Well, we, we had, you know, you, you, you've been on the Tiki Bar upstairs, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we were allowed, you know, since, since uh, the beginning of June to be outside. To oh, yeah. Drink. Okay. I've had, you know, drinks and DJs outside, but we haven't been inside uh, in a long time. And so it's slowly starting up. And this week, they're reducing more and more restrictions. Our COVID numbers, it's not to be scientific or positive or, you know, choosing what side of that stupid argument that everybody's having. But our numbers in Ontario have been spectacular. I mean, there's 15 million people here and we only have 300 cases a day. So, the, so the ICUs are down and less pressure on healthcare and all the people supporting the cause to get everybody healthy. And so they're, they're slowly loosening it up and it's good timing for us. Cause then we can sell more tickets, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you don't want to have a party with no people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you want bands to like, want to come there, you know, like, sure. I don't know. I've, <laughs> we, Master Truder ain't touring at all this, this year, as far as I know, anyway, I mean, something might be happening, but I don't, I just don't know about it yet. Uh, but like, you know, we're just kind of taking our time to get back into it, because if we do go on tour, the first thing we're probably going to do is the States. And uh, there's definitely some sketchy places in the States, like most of the places are honestly kind of sketchy as far as that stuff goes. And it's not that I think we're going to get sick. It's just that I don't want to be like, you know, part of one of those super spreader events or whatever and feel real sure. bad about it or some shit. And, yeah. uh, you know, like, so we're just kind of like, eh, whatever, we got some other stuff going on. We're going to take care of for now. And, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, eventually we'll get back into it. But uh, that's great that uh, Toronto has got the shit together. And uh, you guys, you know, having that advantage of the uh, outside bar is really cool. Um, I know that like here in uh, Europe, a lot of places, you know, yeah, they, they did that with like restaurants would be able to open up for just outside seating. And uh, luckily in this town, like that's a, kind of a big deal. So, uh, you know, the summer was pretty hopping, but, you know, now it's uh, getting to the point where everybody's going inside. So I hope uh, hope people are staying safe. And uh, yeah, sure. I'm glad that you guys are able to, uh, you know, I don't know, be kind of like on a, a full front. Yeah. A little rock and roll out there for everybody. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Because uh, people need it. You know, I feel like. Uh, you know, I don't know what your pre-sales are like, but people got to be like chomping at the bit 
as the kids like to say or whatever to get into some of these shows. Yeah, yeah. With, the, with all the reduced capacity because of COVID, where it's a sellout every night. It's like it, it, it's like a streak now. You can't you can't not sell out because you're only offering half the tickets. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I guess that could be cool because I mean, obviously, it's not quite as cool for you guys being a business owner and everything because you'd like to make some more money. I'd like to sell some beer. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's got to be kind of cool for the people coming because I feel like a half full bovine is still going to be pretty like fun. Oh, Except fun. You might be able to move around a little better than if it was totally like up to the real capacity. Shoulder to shoulder, face to face. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've been there on one of those nights actually. And it was, it was a blast, but man, that it was packed to the brim and it was fucking great. Well, that's the, that's the whole, that's the, that's all the, that's the intrigue about a small venue is how many people you meet and, you know, how close the quarters are, so to speak. There's no place to hide when we're busy. <laughs> that's, that's right. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hi, Intruder Maniacs. Are you in a band? The answer is, of course you are. Everybody's in a fucking band these days. Anyway, if you're in a band, congratulations. I'm making the worst financial decision of your life. Aside from taking out college loans or something, yeah. Now, there is a way to lessen the burden of such a financial decision. It's called merchandising. And Stupid Rap Merch Company is all ready to meet your merchandising needs. You want uh, some t-shirts? Uh, you want got a tight deadline you need them printed on? And because you booked a tour less than a month out and uh, didn't get canceled like everybody else's tours did? Uh, how about a bunch of weird random trinkets like keychains or medallions and what about koozies? You know, like everybody likes koozies. Koozies are great because they keep your drink cold and your hand warm or vice versa depending on what you're drinking. Stupid Red Merch Company can get all these made for you. Stupid Red Merch Company is an in-house artist who can help you with your designs and stuff. They're still a small enough company that uh, they pay special attention to you and your special needs because, you know, everybody's got special needs. Like, uh, you know, you probably mostly. And uh, they even got a web store. That's where the real magic is. You go on tour and you sell your stuff. But chances are you're going to have some leftover or some fans are going to feel like left out because they didn't have enough money to buy something at your show. So they go on a stuperedmerch.com and find stuff from your band on there. They'll take care of all your production and shipping fulfillment needs. So go ahead. Go on a Stupid Red Merch Company web store. Right now, and uh, check out all the tight bands that are already on there. They got a bunch of them, like got uh, the Bomb Pops and like the Bad Cop, Bad Cop and stuff. It's all good. Uh, yeah, uh, all sorts of cool swag. And uh, right now, right now, if you go on there and at checkout, you use the code Prison, you can get fifteen percent off all of the uh, Stupid Red merch branded apparel uh, at StupidRedMerch.com. Go check it out. Guitar players, I bet you thought you were shit out of luck when it comes to finding your dream guitar amp. You know, you go on some auction site or something and it's all crap. <laughs> yeah, well that's because, you know, you gotta look in the right place. And the right place is Yeah Man's Vintage and Used Guitars. They got exactly what you're looking for. Now I know what you're thinking. Aren't they located in like Switzerland or something? Yeah man, they are. Burn Switzerland to be exact. But you know, you can, um... Uh, 
get on the internet and you can go check out the website, yeahmansguitars.com, and uh, you can order stuff on there. So, uh, you know, it don't really matter where the heck you are in the world. You can just get on their website and uh, find all sorts of cool stuff that you're looking for. And you might not even know that you wanted it until you see it on there. And it's a lot of good stuff. Uh, if you got something specific you're looking for and need some help finding it, just hit up Yeah Man Guitars on the electronic mail. That's the email. It's like 21st century and you got email and websites. It's like amazing. Some people would call it magic. Some people would call it science. I just call it, I don't know crazy shit uh yeah man's guitars at gmail.com as far as email goes it's where you email them and while you're at it get your band a tour in europe and stop by the shop michael and the rest of the crew would love to meet you i'm sure and you could tell them green sent you yeah man's vintage and used guitars um so that is wonderful i guess i talked to kj about this too but uh I I just want to know because like you said, you know, the bovine is is kind of like a it's a rock and roll club, I guess, mainly, right? But uh, you know, KJ comes from the, like the punk scene and the fat records and all that. Obviously, you were talking about Fat Mike earlier. And uh, so you know, I guess Toronto as a city seems to have a pretty amazing scene, probably in every scene as far as like music is concerned. But like, I yeah, don't know. So, How is the uh, punk scene going for punk, you? Punk scene is always thriving. You know, the punk scene never seems to go away. Uh, the metal scene is always strong, you know, and I, I would say in the last 10 years stronger than the 10 years before that. Uh, there's always, you know, there's just so much stuff here. It, you know, there's so many venues and so many types of music. I mean, we we have raging ska nights. We have raging funk nights. We have sometimes we've booked classical pianists to play on that shitty little dirty stage with all the junk. Like you know, we'll do film festivals. I think one of the things in the thirty years is that we're open to doing alternative things. We don't we can be a dance club if you want us to be, but you oh, know, yeah. it's, not, it's not our favorite topic. But but sometimes <laughs> the party. Well, it's just sometimes the party warns that you know. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. Well, yeah, so so if it's an after party, sometimes they don't want to have the band because they just played. So they'll say, "What if someone who is in direct support DJs tonight?" We'll go, "Yeah, let it happen, let it rip," you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I did. Did Eric Melvin from No Effects do that one time there? Eric Melvin. Eric Melvin's done it. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, Jello's Jello's DJ here. Uh, uh, Don Letts is DJed here. Ozzy Argento, the movie star, is DJed here. We've had a lot of celebrity. Cohen, of course, from Sum 41, DJed here. He just DJed here, I think, two weeks ago. All right. So, uh, you know, there's always that. We love it. Uh, uh, three of the boys in uh, Queens of the Stone Age did a DJ set during film festival, which was hilarious. You know, <laughs> great. Mike, Mikey and Troy in the lot. So, you know, I mean, that's always fun too. And and you you, you be oh Kevin Lyman from the Warp Tour is DJed here. Oh hell yeah. He <laughs> that's great. He played a lot of country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah, some good yeah. stuff in the country scene, I guess. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, well, you know, next time in your town, you're gonna have to bring some vinyl or bring your computer. Oh yeah, I've been doing that. You know, uh, I'm surprised we didn't do that at the bovine. I feel like maybe we tried to line it up, but it just didn't work out with the last time we were on tour. But uh, I've been trying to, and uh, I just actually I'm excited because uh, some people actually I got to do. Uh, I got two things coming up here in Germany where I'm doing some of that, 
and I'm finally got my shit together and got a real case to hold records in because right. uh, before the way I was doing it, I would just carry a whole like, you know, one of those like milk crates or whatever full of records. And that's not the way to do it. Everybody still touches that. I know. That's the, that's the thing. It's not the way to do it, though. That's wrong. You got one of those aluminum cases with the snaps on it now. Yeah, it's it's that one right there. It's right yeah. behind me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it looks like, like one of those like like a, a guitar amp. Yeah, it's a road case, but yeah. it, it's perfectly uh, made for fitting records in there. Um, so I'm excited about that. I get to use it and not, you know, just using the laptop is still fun. Like, cause you can like really play like anything. And, uh, you know, it's more just about like being there and like, you know, messing with the audience and stuff and like having a good time. But, uh, it's also fun to actually play like real records and stuff. I think that's like the, that's more like, uh, it's more challenging and, uh, it's more like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say authentic because I feel like a lot of people are just using a laptop and I don't want to sell them short, but uh, uh, we're, we're always I don't know a better word. <laughs> we're, we're always pro vinyl here. I think that, you know, when it, let's say you have two DJs on and someone's playing digital music yeah. and then and the DJ following puts on LPs, yeah. like analog, analog music, the whole room warms up and everyone oh, yeah. goes, everyone's reminded why records sound so good it's just it's incredible so we love that and all the speaker systems here we don't have a lot of digital crap we have a lot of fixed uh analog stuff all of the yeah. stage equipment is analog we don't have any processors in it and it just sounds you know sounds like beer beer you know beer stained and smoked and you know it's that's the way music should sound it yeah it sounds sound. like rock and roll exactly every time i'm near hell yeah <laughs> And it sounds good. I don't want to like give people the wrong impression, but like, oh no, it's that it's that it's that late seventies, early eighties sound. We don't want to let it go. Hell yeah, I don't know why you would. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to get geek out too much on like, uh, you know, the way recording and all that stuff is these days. But like, people are like, oh, you know, records they sound so scratchy, and I'm like, I'm not saying it sounds better as far as like hi-fi and quality, but it just it does sound better. It's just like in a different way. I don't know. I think it sounds warmer. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, that's probably the right word for it. Uh, it yeah. just sounds nicer, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Because like, you know, you, 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 when people record now, you got the guitar going right in there. You don't even use the speaker cab no more and all this stuff. And it's like, what about all that other stuff that distracted from like the super like obvious sound that you're trying to make? And everybody's like, well, we didn't want that. So we got rid of it. And I'm like, well, I didn't want to eat it, but I kind of like it better when it's still there. Yeah, totally. yeah. Acoustics and stuff like that. Well, anyway, uh, back to the story of the bovine. Uh, you guys survived or you, you flourished, I guess, in the in the grunge scene. And then, uh, you know, how did. How did this work? Actually, I'm, I'm interested to know, because, uh, you know, I was I was kind of like into grunge when that happened. But I really, you know, like when Green Day blew up in 94 and stuff, that's when I really got into music more. So, like, what were the 90s like for you guys? Well, that was that was it. So we started with the grunge scene and I guess the post 80s sound in terms of music and you know, in the middle of the 90s with Green Day and all the bands we started to book in Toronto, like local bands like Sinisters and stuff, it became more 
became more authentic punk and then, uh, you know, more, more aggressive punk. And then, you know, as the 2000s were approaching and Warped Tour was going on, it got a little softer, a little more pop punk in terms of what the kids were listening to. It seems like every five years we go up for three years and down for three years, but we know <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go up again. We just got to see what the next set of kids are going to do. And as long as it's, it's cool, we're cool with that. And then, you know, and then after the pop punk stuff, it went back to being more of a metal bar and, you know, who knows where we're going to go next. It just seems like, you know, the next set of 25 year olds is going to dictate what, what kind of music we're going to play and what kind of bands we're going to book. Certainly don't want to play, don't, certainly don't want to put on bands that no one's going to come to. Well, that's the one thing, right? I suppose. Yeah. But even then, like, you know, it's like sometimes you might put on the next, uh, I don't know, some 41 before they get big yeah, or something. You, you know? never know. That's right. And that's the best time to see those. I think I actually saw Blink-182 open the Warp Tour, and it was right after that that uh, album that, what was it? Uh, uh, the big album that fucking broke them. It was it, like it just come out. Oh, and like year. they were literally uh, 90, 96, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, the point was like we want we were watching them and like nobody was watching them because they were just like opening the warp tour, like literally the first band playing. And then like we saw their video later and it was like uh red was like, I think these I think this is the band we saw at, at warp tour. And I was with like, What? No, with nobody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you know, yeah, I, mean, I, think the same, feeling I think the, I think the same thing happened to No Doubt on Warp Tour. And there's lots, oh, of, yeah. lots of those, lots of those bands started on Warp Tour playing to small stages, and the next year they're the biggest band in punk. Yeah, that's right. That's Crazy. right. Yeah. All right. Well, I liked really getting to know uh, a little more about the bovine here. Um, we always have a great time whenever we're just hanging out there. Or like doing whatever. Um, is KJ playing acoustic or is he doing? Are they doing chicks dig it? Do you know? Chicks, no, chicks dig it's coming. Everybody's okay. coming. Okay, I wasn't oh, sure. So I, I know I talked like to him it. about it, but that was a long time ago, like a whole week I, ago. I got hotel rooms for them. They better be coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> KJ, no, it's maybe it's just KJ, and he really wants to like, you know, he he, he wants to live like a king. He's going to sleep in a different room no, every uh, few hours. No, no, he really he said to me this will be the first show post or ending as the pandemic ends that he's played. So he's raring to go. Oh, hell I yeah. Know, I know the band's raring to go and it's no, no, no better place to start as far as I'm concerned than here for our anniversary. So it's also KJ's 30th anniversary as well as the bovine's 30th anniversary. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I wanted to know, like, uh, is there some long history there with you guys or is, you know, you know, uh, just, I guess the history is just a relationship with, you know, through Mike and, no effects and fat records. I mean, that's all of those bands kind of make this their clubhouse when they're in Toronto, you oh, know, and sure. then, and then of course, uh, all of the common publicist work that uh, Melanie K did. And she's insisted the bands go out for French food and wine and then go back to the bovine for, you know, tequila and beer. So she's instrumental in keeping all that going as well. She's a lovely lady. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. And, uh, yeah. Shout out to Melanie for, uh, you know, she's, she's always hooking me up with, uh, interesting people to talk to. Uh, whether it be bands, club owners, people, anybody behind the scenes, like, and uh, yeah, I feel like she's a real good, uh, like ambassador of like Canadian punk rock or just rock and roll in general. Um, the best. The yeah, best. she's great. And, uh, and she, 
She was like a 17 year old out of the house girlfriended band singer. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. You got to talk to her about that. I, I, I will reveal no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I think I've asked her maybe to be on a podcast, and it's always one of those answers like, sure, we'll get right on that. But here, yeah, have these band on your uh, podcast first. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I got one more question to ask you, and I don't know if you were prompted about this, uh, but uh, I don't know. Crime stories. Do you got any? Like a crime story that involves the bovine? It it can involve whatever. Uh, I would also say like I got lots of crime crime stories involve the bovine. That's the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't want you to like. Get your club shut down for some stuff, but uh, oh, no, I feel no, like no. I should also open this up because I always ask for crime stories, but like sometimes people just tell stories that are kind of like wacky and stuff like <laughs> that, um, and not necessarily criminal, you know, like whatever. Um, but you know, that's the theme of the show. I'm a true to green. I got to talk about crime, so uh, yeah, well, I don't know. know. Tip- typical of every independent club where there's lots of customers for professional criminals that want, you know, drugs, bitches, loans, after hour scene, all that sort of nefarious stuff. You know, when we open, like you take out a bank loan. uh, Yeah. You take out a bank loan from a biker. It's kind of a a weird thing to do, but they sell, they sell money at high, high interest rates. Sure. uh, Anyway, in the beginning, Queen street, which is the street that the bullfights located on in Toronto was not the trendy Mecca that it is now. You know, it's not Vice Magazine's second trendiest street in North America. It was a lawless place with gangs and bikers when we opened. We were not part of the infrastructure of and the entertainment system in Toronto. We were on the outskirts. And typically, all the best bars start just outside the core in any city because they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to find a cheap place that no one's been to yet. Yeah. So, so, you know, all the criminals used to visit here all the time and you know, typically they want to take over, but, uh, you know, but also it was so trendy, you know, trendy in a good way, you know, with all the grunty and all that, that all the off-duty Well, yeah, it was part of a scene already. It wasn't yeah, so all, of the so all the So all the off-duty police officers are drinking here, and oh, shit. They, had, they, they had to have a little confrontation and agree that the bovine was not going to be a crime statistic. It was going to be Switzerland, and that they weren't going to apply their trade in there and there's be no takeovers and stuff like that. So that's, that's sort of the true crime start, but obviously uh, without going into details because of the bovine, I ended up getting kidnapped. I won't explain the rest of it because I'm still what? here. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. But that's, that's 25 years ago. Okay. And uh, there's lots of crime. Oh, like crimes of passion. I don't know. Lenny Kravitz after his show in that washroom across from where I'm pointing with, you know, two babes in the washroom and uh, oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a crime of passion right there. That's one of our funny stories because the two regulars girls that went with Lenny, uh, you know, showed up 10 years later and we were all still here and we clapped them in as they walked into the bar. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so yeah. lots, lots of crime stories here. All right. I believe it to be true. Um, Daryl, you're the real deal. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I love your club. Thank you. I'm excited to be there again someday. And I will, uh, you know, regardless of mass intruders are playing and not, I will bring my records and I'll probably just be like, 
yo, can I DJ tonight? <laughs> and uh, you can say yes and no to that, but uh, I would love to. And uh, it was nice to finally uh, have you on the show and talk. Thank you, thank you very much for coming, uh, you know, coming into the bovine with your microphones and your camera. And oh, I, hope yeah. see, I hope to see you guys soon. And uh, I will uh, push on the other side of Melanie K's publicity world and say that you have to come and teach it. Oh, hell yeah. I would. I would love to. Next okay. time I get have the opportunity to get over there, you know, uh, we'll make it happen. All right. Okay, perfect. Hell yeah. Well, I'll talk to you soon, bud. Okay. And that's it for the Intruder Green podcast. You can hit me up on all the socials at Intruder Green or go to IntruderGreen.com for all sorts of cool stuff. The Intruder Green calling line is plus 1608-535-9608. Patreon.com slash Intruder Green if you want to become a producer of the podcast. The Intruder Green podcast is produced by Colin Bennett. Management by Anka Kramer. Hair and makeup by Genevieve Smith. Set design by Dylan Raymer. Catering Matthew Hendershot. Lighting Squeak Lights. Rahway, New Jersey. Our theme song is Particles by Typros. Marriage is punishment for shoplifting in some countries.